Today, as the first week of the year, many times what we like to do is take the first week of the year and sort of look at what's coming this year and share some, some vision, share some things. And, you know, as a church, pretty much every week that we come together uh, in, in this type of environment, we're, we're going through series, we're, we're teaching the Bible, right? We're working through these different things. And a lot of times um, we will slip in from time to time some cultural things, some things about what we're doing as a church. But every now and then it's good just to take an entire day and sort of focus in on, on who we are as a church and, and where we're headed. And so that's what today is. It's not part of a, of a, of a bigger series. Today is a standalone day. And, uh, and what I hope is that as you leave here today, that you will have a better understanding of your church, of your community, and what you're a part of, and sort of, so that we are aligned, that we're focused together, moving in the same direction, understanding what it is that we're doing here at Northwood Church. Does that sound good? Yeah. All right. So... Um, uh, last week was church at home, and I'm sure that every single one of you watched the service last week. So, so I don't even have to, I don't have to recap, you know what I'm saying? I don't have to go back and say, I mean, you guys were there like all ears, just listening. Um, but in case you didn't, you know, by some stretch of the imagination, just two or three of you, um, didn't see what we talked about last week. We, we looked back to 2021, and we talked about how we accomplished our mission uh, through finances, through serving, uh, how, how we did as a church in accomplishing the mission that we have here at NC. And, uh, and, and so today is kind of like part two of that as we look forward to 2022 and how we're going to accomplish the mission uh, in a little bit different way. And so I'm excited about today. Uh, every year we sort of, again, take like a, a new, we have a new focus. Last year we focused in on updating our mission statement and on what that meant for us. And our mission statement is to, uh, to build Christ-centered communities that help people know God, grow in Christ, and go in the power of the Holy Spirit until Jesus returns. Like, that's our mission. And we changed that last year. We kind of expanded it last year. And, uh, you know, the year before that, we, uh, we, we, we talked, well, it was 2020, so we talked about a lot of things that didn't happen. But anyway, uh, we were uh, launching our Ocean Springs location. We were in that. Uh, we, we, every year, there's been some major step forward in our church, and last year was that. And for some people, it's sort of just words on a wall. But uh, whenever you hone in on your mission statement, it, everything around that begins to hone in as well. Things become clearer. Because if you don't know exactly what it is that you're going for, if you're not like, hey, this is the main thing, then distractions come in, you start getting diffused, you start kind of get wandering, you know, you, you start drifting. And so as a church, we don't want to drift. We want to be focused. Well, that was last year. And so for this year, what we want to do is we want to focus in on our values. And we've had values for many years as, as, as a church, but our, your values are, are sort of the the pillars that create and, and uh, cultivate a culture. Okay, now culture is a word that we use a lot. And we use it in our country. We use it all over the place. But, but everything does have a culture. And a culture is like a feel. A culture is sort of like the soil that the seed goes into. And depending upon the nutrients of that soil determines how it grows, what it produces. Come on, y'all. You know, like I've got terrible soil in, the, in my backyard. It's like this silty clay stuff. I can't even barely grow grass on it. It's just, I need to scrape the whole thing. It's not going to happen. But anyway, uh, so I just have a lame lawn, you know, because I don't want to do the work it takes to actually start from scratch. Um, give me some slack, though. I mean, it's a lot of dirt. I mean, what am I supposed to do, right? But what happened? The soil is bad. Why? The nutrients are bad. It's a silty fill type of soil, and it's not going to grow good things. That is a culture, and if a culture is weak or a culture is, uh, has bad, you know, bad elements in it, it's going to be a problem whenever you begin to try to grow good fruit or grow good plants. And, and honestly, as a church, as a family, as a community, as a, as a country, that's how it is. We're people. And so the environment that we're in determines how we grow or if we don't grow. And so what we want to do this year is focus in on some new values that sort of come around our, our mission statement in order for us to help uh, grow a healthy church. And so that's what we're going to be digging into. I do want to say one thing about culture is that culture is not a style. I think some people 
they kind of get hung up on a style thing, like, like culture's a stylistic thing. Like, oh, this church, is, this culture is because we like have, you know, it's determined by the lights or the, or the, or the music that we do or whatever. And our, our culture isn't determined by that. That's, that's more of a style. Culture is determined, it's talking about how we treat one another, right? People. The church is a group of people, right? United by faith in Christ. And so as, as, as a people, it's, it's how we interact. It's how we deal with, with conflict. It's how we resolve it. It's how we love. It's how we forgive, right? And, and, and it should be informed by, by what we believe. It should be. It's not always. Sometimes we believe one thing and it plays out differently, right? But what we designate or what we uh, uh, put on the wall or what we determine as something that we value our strategy and what we do, again, homes in around that as well. And so that's why your mission statement, your values, these things are important. And so I want to share with you today some new values, some new values. And these will be um, uh, replacing the ones that we've been talking about for so long. And I'm excited about them. Our values are very people-centric around how we treat one another. And that's why the first value is that we value people. We value people. You know, it's interesting, Jesus really told us to do two main things. Ready? Two main things. The Great Commission and the Great Commandment. When it comes down to it, that, that, that's the two big things. The Great Commission, make disciples, the Great Commandment, love, love God, love people. And, 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 and he actually says the entire law can, be, can kind of be summed up in these things. Loving God and loving people. And so God, Jesus gave us these two things to do. Uh, to love God, love people, and make disciples. But here's the deal. You can't do one of those at the expense of the other. You can't be a, a great commission church at the expense of the great commandment. And you can't be a great commandment church at the expense of the great commission. Right? Now, all these things should be synonymous. They should go together. They really should. Loving people and loving God and making disciples, making students of, of Jesus should go hand in hand. But, but so many times it doesn't. It doesn't. So many times that there might be a church that leans heavily into making disciples. They're, they're really strong on doctrine and what they believe. But they're low on love. They're low on love. They're, they're low, low on loving people. And you got others that they love people and they love God. They love, oh, love, love, love. But there's no, there's no bones. You know, there, there's no strength. There's no doctrine. There's no like, right? And, and so what happens is there becomes compromise. If you, if you just want to love people, right, and I don't mean that in the proper way, I mean that in just like a cultural, you know, American cultural way, love people, then you can tend to water down the, the gospel. You can tend to water down the word of God. But, but then for others, it's, it's so word-driven, which is a good thing, but, but can actually be a bad thing, all right? It can become a bad thing. So word-driven, almost, I'll just use the term Phariseeism, like the, like the Pharisees. They were very, they were, they were all about the law, but, but, but they were low on love. They, they didn't know how to put it together. But you can lean so hard, hard over here that, that then you don't love people well. And it shouldn't be like that. But as people, we tend to lean one way or the other. It just happens. It just happens. And so we want to be a church that elevates both of those, that keeps both of those in focus. So we don't do one at the expense of the other. We don't want to be a church that values process over people. You know, sometimes you can have such high hopes for someone in their life. I'll give you an example, your children. You know, as a culture, we are very driven to, uh, to help our kids get an education, obviously. Now, education is huge. But whenever a, a child starts getting to junior high and high school, there's so many people that are pressuring their kids into one lane. And I'll just use college as that, right? College is great. Don't get me wrong. Let me just let me play the illustration out before you judge what I'm saying here. Golly. But some kids aren't built for college. They're not built for it. Some kids, they want to go another path. But guess what? Grandpa did this. Daddy did this. And so guess what? There's this pressure to do this one thing. And they're like, I don't really want to do that. Well, this is what you have to do. Because I, I want the best for you. Right? 
not maybe looking at what the kid is gifted in, what they're built for. They might not be built for that. They might be, and they might just be lazy. That's another conversation. However, you know what I'm saying? Just because somebody doesn't go to college doesn't mean they're lazy too. None of that, all of those things are just like way over here. What are they built for? What, is, what am I talking about? I'm talking about putting the process of what we, our expectations on someone above who they are. And that always ends up being negative because it's not about the person. It's about what they are doing. It's about what they are going to do. And we have to be careful about placing that process of what we, we want to see for someone above who they are. Some people have been saved for 20 minutes and there's other people who want them to act like they've been saved for 20 years. And we're just not going to be a, a, a church that does that. We value people because people are made in the image of God. Every single one of us in this place, every single one, we have an inherent value just because we're made in the image of God. Like God formed us in our mother's womb. It's amazing. And so each of us has value. And so we want to value people. Romans 5 Verse 8 says, but God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. God didn't say, hey, level up, be a certain level Christian, and then I'll begin to love you. He said, I love you as you are, in your brokenness and in your sin, as you are. Now, God wants more for us than just to remain that, of course. However, we have to start on the right foot. People walk through these doors every single week. Some of you are in, you're in this place right now, and and." And you, you drug yourself in to the do, through the doors today. Like you did, it wasn't a hop, skip, and a jump. Woo-woo, let's go. It's like, it's a new year. I've got to find something that's, I got to find life. And as people come into these doors, as people come into our small groups, as people come in, we want to welcome them with open arms. We want to value them. Something that I talked about last week um, is... Something that I believe God is really, it's a very simple thing, but I think it's something that God is, is, is doing, bringing to the forefront in a different way. And it's this concept of love over fear. And, you know, whenever, um, whenever COVID hit and, you know, everybody was talking about faith over fear, faith, faith over fear. And uh, we, preached, we preached on it, faith over fear. And... Uh, in a very similar way, love over fear, it, it should be simple, but it's really not. Because love and fear are, are they're, they're diabolically opposed to one another. And, and God operates in love and, and the devil operates in fear. And we have a tendency towards fear. We have a draw towards fear. We have a, uh, whether it be through anxiety of what's going on around us, Maybe it's internal. We have this, this thing that, that pulls us into fear and we begin to operate out of fear. We begin to treat people out of fear. And I, I, and I don't always mean that it, it comes across mean. I just mean that there's something inside of you that's, that's fearful. Lack of trust. They might hurt me. Fear. Why? Because you've been hurt before. Right? Uh, uh, and, th and then if we're living in fear, we begin to lead or treat people with fear. We begin to manipulate versus motivate. Right? We, we just, it's, it's just, it's a different side of the coin. And it leads some, to some terrible fruit. And this concept of love over fear is something that we must continually, as people, check ourselves on, pray through. God, where am I operating in fear in my life? And so as a church, as we value people, we, we don't want to utilize fear tactics when it comes to helping people. You know, I find it interesting that God uses kindness to lead people to repentance. I find it interesting that he does that. Where he could use the hammer of hell, he doesn't. He, that's not the way that he brings. Jesus taught on many things. Yes, he did. He let us know truth, but at the same time, it was so wrapped in grace and love, not compromised. And we must strive for that balance. I hope what I'm saying is really kind of making sense with this, but I believe that, that this is a value that we have because God values people. He values people, and we want to value people. Number two, 
Second thing is that we value hospitality. You know, hospitality is, is a word, I mean, it's not like just um, a frilly word, hospitality, be hospitable. You know, like when, whenever I think of hospitality, uh, I usually think of, of somebody that's like a good old Southern mom that just invites people over. She's always got sweet tea. You know what I'm saying? She's got, there's like a lot of flowers, a lot of flowers. You know what I'm talking about? Like, like just good old home cooked food. Like that's hospitality. And, and it is to a certain extent, but did you know hospitality is a spiritual word? It's a biblical word. It's, it's a word that has a lot of depth to it. Hospitality means love of strangers. Love of strangers. Jesus was very hospitable. He loved strangers. He actually went a little bit further than that. He said, love your enemies. <laughs> okay, God, I don't know if I'm, if I'm that hospitable. But <laughs> love of strangers. Being welcoming. Welcoming of people. You know, we, we might not always know or, or say when somebody is hospitable, but we know whenever we feel welcomed or not. That's my, that might be how we put it. You know, I showed up. I just didn't feel welcome. It was just kind of weird. People looked at me weird. Hope some of you didn't get that experience today, you know. People looked at me weird, you know. And what is it? It's a lack of hospitality. It's just not a hospitable environment. It's one thing about the South that I love. Um, I've lived in the South my whole life, but I've only taken a few trips up North. And um, people are just different down here, man. Get me back home. Get me back to the South. Jeez, bump into somebody somewhere else. Or they look at you, they're going to like, you know, pull the knife on you. Here people actually kind of usually say like, oh, my bad, you know. Hospitable, hospitable. But you know, hospitality, it's why we serve people. It's why we serve people because we love people. We value them. We also value hospitality where, where our doors are always open. Our circles are always open. Our circles of friends are always open right? We're welcoming of people. And when it comes to serving, this is sort of the heart behind it. This is the heart behind why we serve. God prioritizes serving people and he actually equates it to serving him. This is a big deal right here. In Matthew 25, we talked about this last week, so I'm not going to go deep because I know all of you saw it. But um, it's this, it's this illustration uh, of, of whenever God is separating the sheep and the goats and he's talking to the sheep and he says, he says you know, when, whenever I was in prison, you visited me. Whenever I was hungry, you fed me. Whenever I was in these, all these situations, you, you met the need that I had. And, and the, the people look and they're like, what are you talking about? When were you ever in prison? When were you in these places where you needed us like that? When did we do that for you? He's like, he's like when you did it to the least of these, you did it to me. Whenever you did it to those people who could do nothing in return, they couldn't give you anything. Whenever you did it in those moments, you were actually doing it to me. That's, how, that's, what, that's what he says. Whenever we serve people, we're not just serving the person in front of us. God says it is like we're literally serving him. It's a sacrifice of service. And so whenever you serve people inside the walls of the church, outside the walls of the church, we talked about those two different kind of things last week. No matter where you serve someone, you have to do it as unto the Lord, like the scripture says. Not unto men, unto the Lord. Whether it be giving money to someone, you're not expecting something in return. Whether it's giving time to someone, not expecting something in return. Whenever we serve people, we don't serve with an expectation. We serve because it's literally worship unto God. That's, that's the stand, standard. That's the threshold. That's the, that's the why. And what happens, though, is, is as people, we get away from the why in so many things. And then it just gets on the what. And the what can get very exhausting. What am I doing? What, am I, what do I have to do? What am I, no, it's, it's why am I doing that? We must constantly go back to the why in every part of life, in our marriages, in our, in our jobs, in everything. Why am I doing this? Well, maybe some of you don't need to ask that question today about your job. Don't, don't go there. I don't know why I'm doing this. I hate my job <laughs> for another day. All right. It's one of the ways that we worship people is by serving. I mean, worship God is by serving people. Don't swap those around. Uh, we don't worship people. We serve people outside the church. We also serve people inside the church. Romans 12, 13 says, contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality. Did you know that we should seek to show hospitality one to another? So like we show hospitality to those who are coming into the church, right? Into the community of people who are united by faith in Christ. But we also, we show hospitality to one another. And, and I'm going to be honest with you. 
I actually think it's easier to show hospitality to people that you barely know than to those you know really well. Familiarity. If I don't know you very well, it's very difficult for me to kind of get upset with you. You know what I'm saying? It's why family is so hard. Because you're so close. You know, divorce rates are skyrocketing in families that are in marriages where they've been, they've been uh, married for like 25 years or more. Or their kids are, are, are leaving the house maybe, something like that, or in older ages. Why? Because it's been so long and I'm so tired of you. <laughs> you know? And I want something new. Someone fresh, someone who will appreciate me for who I am, all of these things. And you know what? There might be some truth to that where it's like maybe there's a lack of appreciation, a lack of love. Why? Because somebody along the way got away from the why, they got away from it, and they began to look and judge and, 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 and became very difficult. And there was an inability to resolve that conflict so that then there's divorce, there's disunity, there's brokenness. It's tough. Hospitality is not just for the first time you meet someone. It's something that we should show to each other over and over continually. Contributing to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality. And hospitality is the bridge between isolation and community. Hospitality. Did you know that we can be in a big room like this with a lot of people and we can still be very isolated? My sisters, they used to have this, uh, this shirt uh, back whenever they were teenagers, and it was this picture, and it was a, a crowd of people, like little cartoon characters, a bunch of them. There was one guy in the middle, and it said feeling alone in a crowd. <laughs> it was one guy, and, and, and I think that's how a lot of people feel in the church. I think a lot of people feel very alone in a crowd. And it's why our next value is so important, that we value community. I don't believe that as believers, we were meant to live this life, to live out our Christian walk in isolation. I don't believe it. It's not in scripture. We see everything in the context of relationships and community. And so we value community. Our mission statement says we value, we, we build Christ-centered communities, a community of people united by faith in Christ. Ultimately, that's the, that's the thing that binds us together. Did you know that? That's, that's the thing, a Christ-centered community. It's like a Christ-centered marriage, a marriage that's not bound by looks or money or whether or not somebody's always treating me just right, but bound together like Jesus is bound to the church, his body, right? With love and commitment and forgiveness and forbearance. And community speaks to that, that we are, we are together, united by faith in Christ, but not just that. Love for one another. And I'm talking about like the 1 Corinthians 13 type of love. But like the type of 1 Corinthians chapter 13 love, the one whenever you actually read the chapter. Because so many people don't actually read 1 Corinthians 13. They just know like, you know, the, the Instagram version of it. And it's very thin and weak. Go read 1 Corinthians 13 in the love part and stop at every comma and say, do I love like that? <laughs> That's your New Year's resolution. Go 1 Corinthians 13, just do it. It'll break you in half. <laughs> you know, love for one another. And I'm not talking about American culture type of love. That ain't love. I'm talking about biblical love in the context of community. Relationship and love for one another is where care, discipleship, discipline, support, and all these things happen in the context of community. Honestly, as a church... We cannot provide uh, a, a, like even pastoral care, pastoral support for people unless they are in the community of the church. And, and unfortunately, like just attending on Sunday mornings, it, it's like the tip of the iceberg. And it's something. But, but it, it's not everything. Community is, is where it's at. Community is where you begin to know people and they know you. Romans 15 says this, May the God of endurance and encouragement grant you to live in such harmony with one another. Such harmony with one another. In accord with Christ Jesus. That together you may with one voice glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. 
Therefore, because of these things, welcome one another as Christ has welcomed you for the glory of God. Common unity, harmony, together. And by living in this way, it actually honors God and brings glory to him. Where there is unity with the brethren, God commands a blessing. Unity. Unity does not mean uniformity. Unity does not mean making someone conforming. and Unity means really being diverse. There's a diversity of opinions and a diversity of backgrounds and, and all these age and all these things. But yet we live together in common unity. It's something that we desperately need in our country. Desperately. But we can't really do it well in the church. And I'm sorry, if, I, if the church can't do it, I don't see the world doing it. The church is in great flux right now. And I'll speak about the American church. It's in great flux right now. Uh, it's in, it, it, it's in a, a season of, of reformation in a certain extent, to a certain extent. Um, uh, th th there's different factions in the church. And not just denominations, that's not what I'm talking about. It's, it's in, the denom in denominations, there's factions. It's, it's completely splintered. And it's not really splintered as much completely about like the tenets of the faith. A lot of it's, there's a lot of splintering around uh, methodology, how to be the church, right? How we are the church, uh, 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 structure in the church, culture in the church. And you know what? There's a lot of hard questions that are being asked that are actually, need, they need to be asked. I, I question things all the time. I really do. I question things in my own heart, my own life all the time. And, and, and I think that's good. I think there's, there's evaluation. However, there is a way to evaluate. There's a way to press up against things and, and ask hard questions and still remain in, 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 in unity and, and having love for one another and mutual respect and honor. But not everybody's committed to mutual respect and mutual honor. Some are willing to throw people under the bus. They're willing to ridicule. And, you know, I think that in, in that way, I think God's got a lot of work to do in the church. But the church has got to be open to that. And the church has got to be, and what I mean by the church is not just Northwood Church. I mean the church has got to be open to that. But there has to be forgiveness and reconciliation as well. Jesus said, they will know, they, those who don't know me, Jesus speaking, they will know that you're my disciples by how you treat one another, how you love one another. And by the way that a lot of Christians are treating other Christians right now, I think the world looks at it and is like, I already do that with my circle of friends. I don't need yours. And it's a shame. It's a shame. Let's strive to be a community of people that don't operate like that. Let's just be different. You can't be in community with everybody, but you need to be in community with somebody. I'm going to speak to all my introverts out there. You're not going to have 25 best friends. That's not the point. But like, who, who is a friend? A friend in the faith that you have that you lean on, that you lean into and they can lean into you. That you truly support one another and love one another through the good and the bad. You might not share your deepest, darkest secrets. That might not be, but you know what? That, by the way, use wisdom who you share your life with, okay? Use wisdom. But you can still be in community with people and support and love one another. But you gotta, you gotta find that. You have to find it. It takes effort. And in a world where there's so much brokenness and so many times we've already been hurt by someone that it's, it's difficult for us to open up to someone else, I wanna encourage you to open yourself up. Open your heart up to, to, to someone because we all need community. Number four, we value health. It's a fourth value. We value health. And I believe that God's design for us is to be healthy and whole. 
to be healthy and whole. He designed us to operate a certain way. I believe he designed us to, uh, to, to not just desire but need the, the, the essence of who he is, the fruit of the spirit. Galatians 5, love, joy, peace, patience, gentleness, kindness, self-control, gent- all these things. I don't know if I said all of them. Did I miss one? Long-suffering. Long-suffering. <sighs> Y'all remember what the, the, the all-team night, and it, uh, we, we asked the question, it said, find somebody who knows all ten commandments. That's kind of difficult, man. It's off the cuff, you know? Anyway, um, I think it took four of us to get all of them, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, <laughs> what's the ten commandments? Don't lie. Okay. Um, don't murder someone. <laughs> all right, that's... Okay, uh, God's design is for us to be healthy and whole, and we desire these things in our life. We desire the fruit of the Spirit, but sin has broken that. And so now our society and we as people, we operate from a, from a lack, a place of lack. We operate from, a, a, uh, from the negative. We, and, and guess what? Our health is on an incline. Like you're not naturally getting healthier right now physically. I don't know if you know that or not. But like the last two weeks, I did not naturally get more healthy. Laying around a lot, eating, you know, trash food and, and sleeping till noon, it doesn't do well for your muscles and general cholesterol, okay? It does not, it does not do good things. But why? Because unfortunately, we are declining. We're all dying. Happy New Year. We're all dying. And, uh, right, it's, we're on different timelines with that, but, but we're all dying, and because we don't naturally get healthier. Your marriage is not naturally getting healthier right now. It's declining, right? Everything that we do declines. And our health, not just physically, but more importantly, spiritually, emotionally, psychologically, relationally, all these things, it's, it's naturally declining. And that's why we must value health to be, be focused on it. Because if we're not careful, we will fall into the same trap that our society is in, which is massive unhealth. And again, when I say health, I, I'm, I'm really speaking, I'm not speaking about physical, although that's part of it. I'm, I'm speaking about the deeper things here. You know, God designed us to live a certain way. And whenever we don't live according to that way, uh, uh, we encounter more difficulties than if we would live accordingly. I'll give you an example. In um, Proverbs 3, it says, My son, do not forget my teaching, but keep my commandments in your heart. For they will prolong your life many years and bring you peace and prosperity. This will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones. Verse 8 says that. This will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones. Like I really believe that God through his law and through his word, he's given us through his word, he's given us wisdom of how to live our lives. And if we would live according to that, it will prolong our life. In, like physically many times, prolong our life, but also we will have a better life. Now, I ain't preaching no prosperity gospel up here. I'm speaking in general wisdom, just like it's pretty obvious. I'll give you an example. If you sleep with less people, you'll have a less complicated life. Okay. I mean, some people are like, don't tell me how to, what to do with my body. And I'm like, I, I'm not telling you what to do with your body. I'm just saying that like, like God has told us how we should live our life. And he's like, if you live according to these ways, like it's how I've designed you. It's how I've made you. And if you live according to these things, it, it'll be better for you long term. And, and, but but we, we have trouble reconciling that with our desires. And, that, and that's where it comes. It's like, okay, God's design or my desires. And, and these things clash. And, you know, for us as believers, we decide... And we lean towards God's design. And, and so, so when it comes to health, we want to we know what it is that God wants us to do because he wants us to live a holistic life. And what I mean by that is, is this word shalom. And a lot of times it's, it's interpreted as peace. And many times when we think of peace, we just think about people not being in fights, no war. Yay, peace. It's so much bigger than that. Peace speaks of wholeness. I want you to picture like a, a brick wall. All right, it's a brick wall. It's, all the lines are perfect. But right smack dab in the middle of the, of the wall, there's a brick that's just missing. One brick removed. You would look at that wall and, and be like, it's incomplete. What's wrong with it? You know what I'm saying? We need to fix that because something's wrong. God wants us to live whole. 
every brick in place. And that's shalom. There's strength in shalom, right? There's peace. There's structure. But whenever we are missing something, we are not living in shalom. We're not, there's, there, there's, there's a lack of health there, a lack of wholeness. And I don't believe that we'll be perfected in this life, but I believe that we can be, I believe that we can be healthy in this life. It takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of work. Actually, this, this month coming up in January, starting next week, we're going to be doing a series uh, called Am I Healthy? And we're going to be exploring each of these parts of us in regards to uh, am I healthy emotionally? Uh, we're going to be having Dr. Andy Yarborough out here in a couple of weeks, and, uh, and I'm going to be talking to him about, you know, about health, about our, our, our mental health. And, our, and, our, and, and as a believer and a psychologist together, you know, his words have such power and weight because they're, they're so biblical but yet practical at the same time. It's really, it's really good. So anyway, we'll be digging into that later this month. Um, 3 John chapter 2 says this, Beloved, I pray that all may go well with you. And that you may be in good health as it goes well with your soul. Your soul. As a church, we want to be a church that values health. Where we don't put someone's output above their input. Someone's, what they're producing above their health. Some of you, you love to serve people. You love it. But sometimes you're in a season of life where you need to be served and not serve. Like, like, you know what I'm saying? Like sometimes you, there needs to be a, a time of, of healing before you begin to output. And we want this to be a place where we're very aware of that, where we're very keen to that. Because I believe that God is very keen to that, that God is very aware of that. He knows us. And we must listen to his voice to remain in health. The last value that we have as a church is that we value stewardship. Now, we talked about stewardship in the month of November a lot. And so I'm not going to delve too deep into this, but stewardship starts with this mindset that everything that we have is from God and we are to steward all things for his glory and the good of others. Stewardship speaks of managing. Like we're, like I might not own this property, but, but, but God's given this, you know, or this, not God, uh, uh, my, my boss has given me uh, authority to manage this property, right? It's like when somebody gives you the keys to something, they've given you authority to manage that property or to, to drive that car or whatever it is. And the Bible says that God has given us everything that we have. He is the source of it all, both in our personal lives, but also as a church, as a community of believers, that God has, has literally given us responsibility in this. And we are to steward what he gives us well. We are to steward our, our marriages, our kids, our finances, our emotions, our health. We're supposed to uh, uh, steward all these things well. And in the context of the church, we're supposed to uh, steward this well. We're supposed to steward our our buildings well, our, our relationships with one another well, uh, uh, you know, money, uh, people, resources to advance the kingdom of God. We've got to steward that well. And so that's what we want to do as a church. First Peter 4 says this, as each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards. So if you've gotten a gift, it's good stewardship to serve someone with it. If you piece those together. So has God given you a gift? One of the best ways that you can use that gift properly is by using it to serve someone else. As good stewards of God's very grace, whoever speaks as one who speaks oracles of God, whoever serves as one who serves by the strength that God supplies in order that in everything God may be glorified through Christ Jesus. He sets the standard pretty high. But since we are stewards of what God has given us, we do the best we can with what we have, both personally and corporately, together. These are our values. These are the things that we want to keep in front of us. We have our mission statement, building Christ-centered communities to help people know God, grow in Christ, and go in the power of the Holy Spirit until Jesus returns. And we want to do that with a, with a, a, a culture built on values that are, are valuing people and hospitality and health and stewardship. And what else did I miss here? Community. There we go. 
the church is a, is a lot like a family, y'all. And there's the big family, right? Like, like my last name is Dakota. And um, there's honestly not a ton of Dakotas out there, but there are some. You know, it's not like Johnson or something like that, you know, Dakota or Ducati or Ducote, depending how the sales person that's calling me on the sales, you know, says it. But anyway, but every now and then I run into somebody with a Dakota name where I see it and I'm like, Dakota. They're like, yeah, Dakota. And here's the deal. I don't know that person. I'm sure some way, some far back, you know, somehow we're, there's some sort of genetic connection there. I'm not sure, but I don't really know them, but I know the Dakotas that I know, that I'm close to, my immediate family. And, and, and honestly, that's kind of how it is in the church. There's the church. There's those, all of us who are united by faith in Jesus all over the world. And, and, and we may connect with a lot of them on a certain level, but guess who we connect with the most? The people that are right here around us, the believers that we know. We know their name. They know ours. And so, so in that regard, we're a lot like a family. And all of these values that we have, are a part are the values of this family, but you could apply these values to your own family. Like in your own home, how great would it be if we value people? We value one another. We're gonna be a hospitable place where we, we, our doors are open for people. We're gonna be a place that values community where we support one another. Even when it's difficult, we love one another well. We're gonna be a place that, that, that we're, where we steward what we have well. We're, 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 we're a home that values health where I'm more concerned with, with who you are than what you do, right? So these things apply to us as a, as a church family, but they also apply to you in your own home. And so I'm excited about these values. And for some of you, you might be thinking like, okay, how does this matter that much? Well, the more that we begin to dig into these values and we begin to wrap strategy and different things around it, I believe that you're gonna see how it affects what we do and who we are in a great way, in a great way. I wanna give you just a few things this coming year that are sort of playing off of some of the things that we just talked of, talked about. Uh, last year, we took a church survey and uh, a lot of you, you responded to it. And this past year, uh, the pastoral team, we got together and we read and looked at every single one of them, every single one of them, some of which were extremely helpful, some of which were partially helpful <laughs> but it was good it was great because you could feel the heart of the church you could feel where people were coming from and and at Northwood this this church is not like a top-down hierarchical type of setup like we're regular like the leaders of this church are regular people okay regular people who who were giving our life to this community to serve this community you know, sometimes we, wrap, we, 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 we mix up lead and serve. Lead has this prominence to it where serve has this, this loving support to it. And, and the way that we see ourselves as pastors is that we, we are lovingly supporting this church. We're not like, lead, capital L. Somebody asked me the other day, do you go as Pastor Jordan or Pastor Dakota? I said, that's up to you. <laughs> My first name is Jordan, you know. We, we, we don't have this, this thing that, that you find in a lot of places. And so one of the ways that we want to hear people is through surveys. Man, what, what do you feel anonymously? Come on, y'all. Ano anonymously. Everybody loves that. And so based upon these things, we took a lot of input and we began to look at what we do. And with our values and, and looked at what we do and we sort of, we wanted to kind of make a few tweaks to this year of what we do. And the first thing has to do with small groups, which we're, we've always referred to them as small groups. From now on, we're going to just call them groups because groups are going to be a little bit different. Now, uh, we currently have sermon-based groups, which is uh, uh, 
again, groups are where people meet outside of the walls of the church and homes, restaurants, wherever, uh, in, in smaller groups of people. And, and so we've had different lanes of groups. Sermon groups, which is basically whatever we teach on a Sunday morning, uh, is talked about in a, in a small group later that week. We've had freedom groups, which are helping people deal with their past, you know, getting free from their past in order to live free in their future. Uh, and then also grief share, which is helping people walk through uh, uh, grief in their life. And uh, we are currently and have been in a semester system, a, having a spring semester and a fall semester, uh, roughly starting in, in February, going through the end of May, and, and starting in August, going through uh, November. And that's kind of where we've been for a while. And, uh, but in 2022, we're going to make some tweaks to that. We're going to be adding two new lanes to groups. The first is study groups, and the second is hangout groups, all right? Study groups and hangout groups. And study groups is this. Let me explain it. Some of you, uh, you have a certain, maybe a certain interest, or maybe you've read a book, or you've gone through certain curriculum, and it's really, it's really helped you. It's done something to you in your life, and, it, and, it, and it's really, it's helped you in certain ways. And you're like, man, I would love to be able to help people in this specific way. We want to create an environment for you to be able to do that in, in groups where uh, uh, you can, again, Submit whatever it is that you want to walk through with your group. And uh, obviously, we'll, we'll kind of take a little peek at it. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's a, I mean. <laughs> One time, this happened many, many years ago. I was reading a blog from somebody. And it was very, very theological. And I was like, ooh, this is really good. And I w- was walking through it. And there was a certain point where I was like, wait, what did they say? And I, I got closer, and then I, like, Googled that. And I like, and then I went to the author. I was like, who is this guy? And I looked, and um, he was the leader of, like, a, uh, of a false religion. So um, <laughs> every now and then, that book is so cool. <laughs> but, you know, sometimes they're also, like, uh, I don't know, the spirit of the Antichrist. And so we want to be careful with that. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, but. You may, right, you might have an interest, and we want to create a space for that. Um, you might just want to study the Word, right? And we, we just want to create a space for that. So these are called study groups. And um, the thing with study groups is that in our semester from February through May, um, it's not a type of group that you need to meet every single week, but we do want to say that these groups would meet a minimum of eight times, all right? So basically every other week minimum. Or a maximum, obviously, of like, I think it's 14 weeks uh, or 15, 13, 14. It depends on the semester of weeks. And so that gives you, the small group leader, a lot of flexibility to work with. Hey, man, we got like half of our groups out of town this week. Let's just wait till next week. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I know for our group, <laughs> it was such a weird, the month of August or September, whatever, the first, the first month. Um, there was literally one week, I think it was just me and Nadine. We were, the only, we were literally the only people out of like 12 people who were in town or whatever. So we we're like, well, we're not going to have small group together. It's kind of weird, you know. Anyway, so gives you a lot of flexibility in your small group. Um, uh, and also as a member to, to kind of, you know, kind of talk out when you guys would meet. The other thing is hangout groups. And these are groups that uh, get together to hang out. I know. It can be kind of confusing. Study group, what do we do? We study things. <laughs> hangout group, what do we do? We hang out. <clears throat> All right. Now, a hangout group, it, it could be just like a one-time thing, um, or it could be a consistent thing. It could be a monthly thing. It could be a weekly thing. It's really, it's all about the hangout group leader and what they determine and what, the, what kind of, what they're, they're doing. But honestly, guys, s- s- groups are where big church becomes small. It really is. And, and, and this is a large group of people. And, and although we have a, a large group of people sitting here, there's a, there's a lot more of us who are watching online and who are just kind of like in between trips or whatever right now. There's a lot of people. And so it's very difficult to, to kind of find your crew, right? To kind of find the people that you connect with. And, and so as a church, we, we, we do our best to try to make that easier, and so, you know, groups is one of those ways. And hangout groups would be a great way. You know, you, you might like, like golf. And uh, you might want to put together a monthly golf get-together. And if that's what you do, then I will sign up for your group. <laughs> because I like golf. I don't know if I like you yet. I mean, we haven't gotten there. I mean, let's be honest. I don't know your name. Are we... <laughs> 
Y'all know how it is, right? It's how it is. And so anyway, we want to create that opportunity for you. Those groups, by the way, hangout groups, they don't follow the, the semester. They're sort of independent. They're, 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 it's kind of its own thing, but they're underneath the umbrella of groups. And so we're excited about that. And uh, we're excited to expand that and, and see what groups do this year. I would encourage every single one of you to be in a group, though. I, I really would. Um, and, and, and that's with pure motives. I just really believe in, in groups. I believe in, in what they provide. Uh, I believe in community, what we just talked about. Like, I really believe in that. And so if, if you're not in a community of people, then you're missing out on so much what it means to, 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 to kind of live out this Christian faith. The last thing I want to talk about quickly is something that we're also going to be adding into 2022, and it's called Wednesdays at NC. Now, up until this point, what we've done is every first Wednesday, we've had a first Wednesday service. And that first Wednesday service is a bigger service. It's, uh, man, we've got worship, we've got, a, you know, a sermon, and, and it's, it's a bigger gathering. We've got child care, uh, you know, and, but as we're looking to 2022, we were saying, how, what are some things that we need to do? Maybe change up. And Wednesdays at NC is something that we're going to kind of tweak. And this is what it's going to look like. Uh, every first Wednesday in 2022, we are going to be having a prayer meeting on the first Wednesday of every month. It's going to be a time where we come together to pray. And we may have some worship, but this is going to be a very simple gathering. Not a lot of frills, not a lot of stuff going on. It's, it's literally us coming together to pray. And, and I want to explain something to you. Prayer is, it's sort of like the engine under the hood that a lot of people don't see, right? You could have like the outside of the car looking really, really nice. I mean, it is glossed up. Those tires look wonderful. It's, I mean, it's, it's just great looking. But, but the engine's broken in half, you know what I'm saying? There's like a busted rod or whatever. A church can look really good from the outside, but prayer is the engine that drives it. Prayer is the engine. And, and so whenever we gather together to pray, I, I really would desire that, that we don't look at it as a night of, of, of secondary value. As a night of like, it's just, it's just prayer. <laughs> Come on, I mean, don't raise your hands, but sometimes it's, that's what we think. Man, it's, ju it's just the body of Christ gathering together to pray to the almighty God that they serve. I mean, it's just, it's just prayer. But that's how we think of it because we don't really value it. Like, like personally, a lot of people, we don't value it. And there's something powerful individually when you pray. But there's also something powerful whenever we come together to pray. And so first Wednesdays, put it on your calendar and do your best to come. It's going to be very simple, 7 to 8 o'clock, not a lot, not a lot going on. We're showing up. It's going to be pretty simple. Uh, we, uh, we will have child care through the age of four, through the age of four. And, uh, but I want to encourage you to put that on your calendar. So that's the first Wednesday of each month. But during our, 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 our uh, group semesters, we're also going to have something on the second and fourth week. And they're going to be classes and uh, kind of medium-sized gatherings where we will... We'll go through, maybe it might be parenting or finances. Um, I'm looking forward to, I'm going to be doing a group, uh, a class. It's, it's going to be more theological, kind of like hot topics. I'm excited about that one. I have no idea how it's going to go. We'll see. But anyway, it's going to be good. But we're going to be doing different gatherings where we get together and, uh, and we learn together. Where we, we, we kind of dig into things in a, just a different way. It's, it's not going to feel like a Sunday morning. It's not going to feel like a first Wednesday service. It's much more like a large small group, all right, like a large group, a medium-sized group. And you'll be able to sign up for those classes, and we want to encourage you to be able to come to those. And here's the deal. Whenever we come on Wednesday nights, for some of you, you might not feel comfortable going to a, a group in someone's home. That just might not be where you're at right now. But you might feel more comfortable coming to a medium-sized group here at the church, and that might be kind of more your, your, your jam for right now. You know, that might be, might, might be your thing. We want to encourage you to be a part, but also come to learn to grow. And, and I really believe this, at the end of this year, whenever we look back, just like we did with our, our, our mission statement, as we dig into these values and we dig into these small tweaks, and as we change, this culture of our church is going to change and grow, and we're going to grow as individuals, and people are going to 
come to this place and know Jesus. I really believe that. I believe it. And you're a part of that. You're a part of that. Whether it's your first time here, you're a part of it. Whether it's, you know, you've been here for 25 years, you're a part of this. You know, as a church, we've gone through so many seasons over the last, well, really collectively like 30, 35 years, 35, 40 years. And, and even in the last four years, we've gone through a lot of different transitions and, and, and seasons. And I think it's so important that we recognize where we're at right now, recognize how God has blessed us and how God wants to use us to reach the next generation. I really believe that. Let's stand to our feet. That's what I want to do. I want to pray. I want to pray over the, the values that we've just spoken about. I want to pray over, over us as a church, every person watching online. You know, we don't know what 2022 has for us, has in store. 2020 was crazy. 2021 was also crazy. And you know what, guys? I think we just need to adjust our mindset and just say, hey, crazy is normal. <laughs> crazy is normal. Here we go. Let's surf, let's surf the wave, you know. But let's surf it together. But I can tell you this. We need the Spirit of God to help us navigate our lives well. As a church, as, as a family, individually as families, we need the presence of God in our lives. And so I want to pray over this year that God would do great things in our lives. Come on, let's pray. Father, we come before you right now. God, with humility in our hearts, God, openness to who you are and how you're leading us. And God, right now we ask that you would lead us this year, that you would lead our church, that you would lead us as people. God, that you would lead us where, where it's very dimly lit. God, you said that your word is a lamp to our feet, a light into our path. God, it, and sometimes we're looking for this giant flashlight. We're looking for this searchlight to be way out in front. But God, we, we recognize that sometimes it's just like having a candle right in front of us to where we can only see our next step. And God, that's how we're approaching this year. God, you have given us today. You have given us health in our bodies today. You have given us strength today. You've given us what we have today. And God, we want to steward it well for your kingdom God, I pray that you would protect us, that you would pr pr protect our hearts, protect our minds. God, that we would remain submitted to who you are, that we would not be distracted and begin to drift away from the mission that you have us on, that we would be a church that values people well, that are all about the great commission and the great commandment, that we would love God and love people and love your word and make disciples all with the right heart pleasing unto you. God, that we will be a place that values hospitality, where our doors are open, where our hearts are open, our, our circles are open to receive the stranger, to receive those that are far from God. Break our hearts for those people who are far from you, Lord, and let us be a hospitable church also to one another. God, that you would help us to remain uh, uh, loving, God, and to remain a place where we forgive quickly, we hold grudges lightly. God, let us move forward and be a hospitable place, also a place that we have community, where we value community, where our doors are open. We add people to what it means to be a bo the body of Christ. Lord, help us to do that well, to do that with open arms, again, with forgiveness leading the way. God, we also pray that we will be a place of health. Lord, so many of us right now are unhealthy. And God, right now, I pray that you would begin to speak to us even this month about our unhealth. God, we can champion the, the things that we are healthy in. We can champion the things that we want everybody to know about. But God, you know the things that are hidden. You know the things that are deep down inside of us, the dysfunction. And God, we are praying that you, by your, by your, by, the only way that you can, God, that you would apply your heat to those things and the, and the impurities would come to the surface. God, that we could be a pure and holy church, a healthy church. And God, we pray that you help us to steward what you've given us well. The people, the resources, our days, our gifts, that you would help us to, 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 to steward them well. God, to manage things right for your kingdom. God, we don't take this lightly. We don't take this lightly. God, we just pray that this year would be a fruitful year, a wonderful year, God, that we would look back and no matter what happens in front of us, no matter what happens 
in the world, uh, politically or, or whatever. God, that we would be able to, to stand and say, you know what? I and my family are stronger today than we were last year. We have grown in our faith. We have grown in our belief. We have grown in who Jesus is. And we thank you for that, God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So what we're going to do, we're going to wrap up today's service by singing a song, Singing in the Victory. We're going to worship Jesus. And I want to invite you to stay for just about five more minutes as we worship together. I do want to let you know at the end of the service that we're going to have a prayer team at the front of the room who would love to pray with you if you're going through anything in your life. They're going to come up during this song, and you can come up and get prayer for anything going on in your life. Uh, if not, man, I, I want you guys to enjoy your day, enjoy your weekend. I mean, yeah, enjoy your day, but enjoy your week. But also take the things that we've talked about and apply it to your life. Say, man, how can these things apply to my family, right? How can these things apply to my today, but also to my tomorrow?